This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am Joanne Crown with the lovely Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, Papa. How are you? Yeah. We get to see a friend we just recently met today. Yeah, that um, was so exciting. Well, yeah, Kaylin Carr. We met her at Mom 2.0. And it's cool when you get to meet people in person and then you're like, you should come on the podcast. Because I feel like it takes the relationship to the next level because then we get to talk to them again and again and again and learn more about them. And I love that. Any hack I can do to help me like be more social, it's great. Well, I just love like in general the the energy we have at Mom 2.0. So like for those that haven't heard us talk about this before, Mom 2.0 is a summit that they do annually. It's like it's just it's mom entrepreneur. In person. Yes. Mm -hmm. And oh, that's my favorite part. Like, yes, in person. Yeah, like just supporting one another. So it's it's so much fun that we actually get to act, like make those connections and then keep them going. Because connecting is a huge, huge thing that we um, really advocate for at No Guilt Mom because you shouldn't be doing it alone. Like you deserve to be a happy mom. And one of the ways you do that is through support. Right. And social support. Yes. In particular. Because we're all lonely. <laughs> It is. It's so hard. It really, I mean, parenting, it, it's, it's hard for every generation. That is true. I think mm -hmm. we can all acknowledge that. But the fact that we've moved, so like our generation is so much more disconnected from family and friends. Like people, you move more in neighborhoods in general don't really have that same community connection as was more frequently found. And then you throw in the freaking pandemic. <laughs> yeah it's done it's it is hard being a mama in the past 20 years i'll say that especially like as we talk with kaylin a mom to a kid who's 
young, like between zero and five years old. That is stressful. That is lonely. You don't have the adult connection if you're staying home with them and you're not working at the time. And it's hard to figure out things for them to do. So in this episode, you're going to find some things for them to do, whether you have a niece or nephew or you have young kids of your own. Kaylin has a lot of great ideas. She is a former teacher. She's an author. She's a speaker. And she is the founder of Quiet Book Queen and Crafts in Between to make screen-free activities easy for caregivers. She's on a mission to preserve playtime in a screen-saturated world. And she helps caregivers provide simple alternatives to screen time so kids can thrive in the real world. So I hope you enjoy our interview with Kaylin. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Hey, Kaylin, it's good to see you again. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. We got the chance to first meet you at Mom 2.0. I think you were introduced to us actually by Dr. Cheryl Ziegler. She was the one who was like, I have someone that I need you to meet. (laughs) And so we got to sit down and meet with you. And I'm just, it's so exciting learning about your mission and what you want to achieve. So tell us a little bit about this mission that you have of like young kids and screens. I am on a mission to preserve playtime, to just prioritize playtime. I'm not against screens, but I feel like there is so much, well, I know there's so much important development that happens in those early years. And now the research is proving that screens are getting in the way of language development, of just creativity, attention. And so I didn't just hear, I am any parent or caregiver's cheerleader to opt for screen-free activities, less screen time, more playtime. Yes. And I think parents really need that. My own parents watch my nephew and he is almost four. And my sister, she's like, don't let him on the screens. Don't let him on the screen. And my mom, who's, I mean, running after a four-year-old is hard work. She, she's like, but when he's on the screen, he's, fine and he's occupied for hours and I can get other stuff done. So I think parents do run into this struggle where they need to get things done with young kids who are very exhausting and so exhausting. But there's other ways that you have to do it. But before we get into that, I want to know a little bit, tell us how you got started in all this. So I'm a former teacher and I stayed home when I got pregnant and well, when I had my first baby. She's 11 now. So I knew at that point there were not really devices at that time, but I knew I wanted to still opt for less screens, less TV. And I made a quiet book for her when she was about two or three. And then that was just when the iPads were starting to come out, like these mm-hmm. personal devices. And it was like the newest, coolest thing. And my kids used them, but I started to notice I didn't like how the behavior was and how they zoned me out and like I couldn't get her attention whatsoever. And 
so I just, it didn't have a good feeling about that. And now, mm-hmm. and I realize now why that's happening and all the research and the dopamine trickles that they're getting and this big tech is like trying to keep our kids' attention. I had a quiet book as a kid. And so I knew I wanted that as a out and about on the go activity so I didn't have to hand over my phone. And so it's a lot of work to make a quiet book. So I ended okay. up hosting a swap with friends. And so we all picked a page and we swapped pages and put it together. And it was such a success that I had a friend go, you should do this for other people, like start a business. And I had no thought in my mind, start a business, <laughs> running, having two young kids at the time. But I kind of was like, you know, I need my brain needs a little something extra. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm feeling that, you know, like I want to do something besides change diapers and play with kids and have that something for myself. So I started the business and just from there, it started just locally and then it spread to people who were mailing me pages and then it spread to page kids and putting like things together where people can sew their own. And I was designing all these templates because I found I love that creativity aspect. And so now I have like hundreds of templates that you can do to yeah. make your own. And I then it umbrella to more just screen free activities. And I <laughs> wrote a couple books about screen free activities for kids. And then I expanded into printable activities for those people who don't sew. <laughs> so it's yeah. really just kind of blown up. And now it's this big umbrella of just screen free fun. I love that. That is awesome. It's just- also, quiet books are, I would imagine, a lot of work. My aunt yes. gave me a quiet book for my daughter when she was young, and I was amazed at just the level of intricacy and how many mm-hmm. like moving pieces there were for kids to actually play with. Yeah, so. and I actually had to, like, because if somebody was making 16 copies, there are some very intricate pages, but to make oh, that, no. and then if somebody else is just making a super simple one, I... So a lot of my pages are like designed to be more just very simple, but still a lot of fun, but they're not so difficult to sew. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the the dopamine that a lot of big tech is using to keep our kids on screens. And we talked with Dr. Katie Davis a while back in one of our episodes about like how some apps are better than others when it comes to that. In fact, loose pieces is something that she talked about a lot, which I think really relates to quiet books and what you do because it's all of these pieces that kids could use to make things that aren't solely like directed by and right open it's like creativity reward pathways aren't there like you know you don't they're not getting trained to like oh i need to keep going to get this level it's just something to do you know (laughs) Hey all, it is Joanne and Bree here, and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. 
And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Bree here, and let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick Trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. No. And there's no or like the Brie Shocker. Yes. And there's <laughs> no emotional manipulation to make yes, the kid no. feel bad about putting it down. That is right. Thanks, kid, in the game. Brie was so mad about that I one. I know. The whole Still persuasive <laughs> design, like technology right. is not like how when we were kids. Right. It's just that's my, my like, I have a shirt, play like a 90s kid. Because, yes, we had technology back then and we watched TV and we had video games, but it wasn't accessible anywhere we went, wherever we mm-hmm. wanted, whenever we wanted. And mm-hmm. that is just such an extra layer of challenge for parents because a child could literally have it whenever they wanted to. And it's just like the limit setting and the saying no. And it's just exhausting. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, yeah. Well, let me get on my soapbox for just a, a little bit here, which is something I'll probably get some reaction about. When you go out to eat and you see all the kids on iPads at the table, I totally get that parents need some time to themselves. But I also like from what you said, there's this technology you can bring around with you everywhere that our kids actually miss out on some really great skills to practice when this technology is everywhere. Exactly. Conversation and talking and learning to manage boredom and uncomfortableness. Managing the boredom one is a huge factor that I don't think in the it's very hard for you to recognize in the moment that your children are not gaining that skill. And it mm-hmm. builds over time, over time, if, where you eventually are like, well, my kid just has a short attention span or whatever. And I really to bet that if you look at it, they just, they they never had the opportunity to build those skills of Pract- how to figure out what to do on their own. Yeah. Exactly. And like you both said, 
not only is it hard that technology like so so if you try to limit your children's exposure to screens and technology not only do you have the fight of not giving into the easy route and i and i'm sorry if that hurts anybody's feelings i don't mean to say it in a mean way so hope no, no what it I'm saying is oh, easier. easy route yeah i'm not it is easier and i and i get it kids are yeah. hard yeah well, sometimes it's hard yeah like it's sucks sometimes <laughs> when you're at the table and your kids are like and then you're like well i have to get this meal takeout uh, screw uh-huh. my life yeah. like i get it <laughs> like i get it Right. So I get that that is hard. And sometimes we do need the easy route. So do not feel bad for doing that sometimes. But the other factor I'm trying like is it's so hard when your kids are kids. They don't understand why you're not letting them have what they're seeing everybody else have. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it turns into, well, you're depriving me of something basic because everybody has this. And you're like, no, no, well, <laughs> I'm actually trying to go above <laughs> And I try to talk to my kids about like when they were young, you know, Mm -hmm. I've explained and that's why my new book, I'm explaining to kids about why screen too much screen time, what effect that can have on your brain. And I always say that those early years are so hard. I was the mom who was packing up all the activities, making sure I had plenty of snacks or like walking around outside the restaurant because I wouldn't sit still. But I just like it is an investment for their future. And like you're doing the hard work early on. Mm-hmm. But oh, my goodness, it pays off. Like my kids now can entertain themselves. They'll wake up. They don't need to turn on the TV. They'll read a book. They take things in the car when we go on a drive, a, a road trip. And just think they, they do it because they've practiced. And like you're saying, and play is a muscle, too. And if you're not you know, practicing play, if you're relying on a device to entertain your child all the time, then that's what they're going to be used to. And it's going to be really hard to figure out things they want to do. I love that. And- you need to make that a sticker. Play play is a muscle. Like <laughs> that. You need to work <laughs> it, it, tone it, yep. build it. It's almost like a sad commentary, though, on our time <laughs> that is. we have to say play is a muscle. Right. But I think like even as adults, like we get stuck in this productivity mindset right we forget play offers so many mental benefits and play is important for adults too like no doubt like we don't have enough fun (laughs) yeah when's the last time a group of moms like that that you know where you could like take a big take five people we're in five moms you know and all five of them could tell you something that they enjoy doing that is strictly play oriented for them it's hard I'd say add a bottle of wine to that equation and we can come up with some ideas. (laughs) Or tequila, depending (laughs) upon where you're at. Jar of somebody's famous margaritas is my preferred method. So, Kaylin, with this struggle of getting kids off screens and to play with themselves and to do independent play, what, like, is your best hack for this? So, my first one, I have three. So, one thing I would say is to... Fill their cup first. Like they want your attention and make sure (laughs) that you are giving them attention first before you need to, you know, go off and do something. And it doesn't have to be playing with your child. It can be any type of connection that you enjoy, like read a story together, go on a walk together, do yoga together, cook together, art project, like anything that you want to do with your child. And so once they feel like they have your attention they're good then it's a lot easier to kind of just slip away or actually tell them okay i need to 
do this right now. Your job right now is to play. And then the second mm-hmm. one is I found it so much easier just to be nearby. Like you see these elaborate playrooms with everything all set up, but my, that never worked for my kids because they just oh, wanted never to works. be in my area. So like I had their play kitchen kind of off from our kitchen. So when I was trying to cook dinner, they could be like where they could see me, but they had their own little area and space. And I just lived with the mess. My house is my kids area. Like they live here. I did not try to have all their toys away so that, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody were to walk in, they wouldn't know the kids are here. Like that's just not yeah. reasonable to me. So we just had toys in different areas and where I was, then they had their space. And then Third is to offer open-ended toys. So if you have a toy that has lights and batteries on it, they're not going to play with it for long because it does the playing for them. And then once that little song is over or that little thing, they're like done with it. So toys like blocks and baby dolls and kitchen accessories where they they can really just do whatever they want. They lead the play. Mm -hmm. The toy is not leading the play. Yeah. And so the first one you said, the fill your cup, I think it's so important to know that as parents, we get fed this message of go and spend time with your child, this dedicated time with our child. And that puts a lot of pressure on us, especially when we feel like we don't have all these other things to do. But in filling their cup, something that you said that I really want to emphasize is that do something you want to do. Like (laughs) you don't have to make it totally child directed. They don't have to decide it. It needs to be something that you want to do as well. When my son was little and I was home with him, I would often meet my friend Sarah and we would go for walks to Starbucks with our two kids and then go to the park and the kids would play and we'd play with them. And it was great because everybody got exercise and they got tired, which was also really great. (laughs) And so so, social interaction for me too. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Outside time too. Outside that. Yeah. So like something that you want to do when you have young kids, I think is so important and having that social connection as well with other adults, because let's face it, a young kid does not understand you as an adult. You cannot like mentally stay strong if you're with your child all day. Right. Mm -hmm. No. The walls closing. It be, I mean, I am saying. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I would say like I would just get exhausted. I remember when because my kids are are 15 months apart. So I had them like both in diapers at the same time, both potty training at the same time. We just kind of did everything together. But I just remember those days being I loved that time with them. We kind of backed this all up like my my favorite age group is zero to five. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, 
tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Love spending time with them. I love the tummy time, being on the floor, all of that. But by the end of the day, just like dying for my partner to get home so that yes. I could like have some some break. Maybe yes. maybe just quiet for 10 minutes, which almost never happened. Or just being able to have a conversation, you know, with somebody that could well, form what? words. Well, what? <laughs> well, what? <laughs> well, what? <laughs> I form words. I don't know. Something outside yeah. of that. Ah, bah, 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 bah. And then you're like, <laughs> right, all day long trying to like make that conversation keep going. Yeah, it's funny when you see it on TikTok for 30 seconds, but try doing it for 15 hours. It's a little hard. <laughs> no, it's a really, really hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, but also, like even talking to our kids about the importance of play and making it really age appropriate, mm-hmm. which I got a chance to read your book in the transcript and I love it for that. Oh, thank you. So tell, much. Us a, tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah. So when my kids were younger, I'm a former teacher and I also have my degree in literacy, my master's degree. So I love using books as a conversation starter and a tool. <laughs> like I have books for everything on social justice issues, bodies, money, death, like everything. But I could not find a book about screen time that I liked because it was really so new. And Uh and I feel like our our kids are like this guinea pig generation of what's going to happen? I think they kind of are. Yeah. 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 And so because there was not, I mean, there was Banshee Bears had too much TV from when I was a kid. Yeah, I remember that one. So I decided to write the book. And so that's what I did. It's a book. I want a resource for parents and for kids. So you can read it together. It talks about the value of turning screens off and what can happen if to our brain. Like, let me just read the first line. I know it's hard to turn screens off. You see, they're made that way. They're really irresistible. Your brain says, stay all day. So it's just kind of talking about how screens are hard to turn off it's not their fault mm-hmm. but i also didn't want to do an entire book on screen time because that's no fun and i wanted to show yeah. kids their job is to play and that there's so much more to life out besides their device so it is a resource for kids to decide what they want to do next 
there's all kinds of examples of of how to play and that their job is to play and that the reason why they have screen time limits and it also is not a screens are bad book it talks about that it's okay you know to use screens sometimes and it should just be a tiny slice of their day and sometimes you'll use screens more like when you're sick and that's okay but you just don't let that habit stick is the the line in the book so i'm really excited to have this resource for families to you know just help talk about it and then it also comes with some free printable activity that you can do that kind of go with the book I love free. That's awesome. (laughs) No, I really love it. Like, I love the concept. Like you just said, like we use so many, we use books to help explain things to kids all the time. And there are so many books for parents to read about screen time. Mm -hmm. And even though they give you tips and tricks on how to do it, I can't think of, and Joanne, I don't know, you have a way better memory than I do. I can't think of a single one that gives you like how to explain it to your kid. Mm -hmm. Get your ideas on what to do yeah. instead, but not how do you get your kid on board with it. Yeah. Other than yeah, just... you can't sit them, you can't sit your zero to five year old down and watch the Netflix documentary. <laughs> right, <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, I was like, how can I work dopamine in that word? And I'm like, I just dopamine. Can't. <laughs> like maybe you can say it, but dopamine. Like my kids dopamine. know, it, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be a hard rhyme. Dopamine <laughs> is, but I don't know. Dopamine is mean. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> runway. <laughs> Don't be mean because you need dopamine. Oh, no. there you go. <laughs> That's got a shot. No, but there is that. Some, like there you said, is like, movement yeah. of anti-dopamine parenting. Like I just saw an article on NPR that it's kind of this thing. Like you're looking for analog activities that don't require dopamine for parents and kids. Like everybody's kind of starting to see that where they want to take that step back and they're realizing what it what is happening. Wow, I hadn't. I have to look that up. Anti-dopamine, but we need dopamine. I, I know, mean, it's yeah, not it's like, not a bad thing. I mean, we get dopamine yeah, not a bad from thing. exercise, from eating, from Let's sex. Know. But the thing that I've read, uh, I think it was in Glow Kids, Doctor Nicholas Cardaris, he talks mm-hmm. about how dopamine is very normal and it's healthy, but in all those other activities, like there's a rise and then that climax happens and then you're done with uh-huh. screens. It is just continually releasing like there is uh-huh. no end and then your body gets used to it and then you need more to feel good. And then. Yeah. So it just becomes an that, addiction. Really that habit loop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. I need to read that. I, I know. I'm making, I'm making notes. I very good. Of, uh, I heard about it. He mm-hmm. just came out with a second one that I have not read yet, too. But again, it's another one I want to check out. Cool. Well, I'm going to have to check out those books. And Kaylin, thank you so much for joining us and giving parents ideas on how to use independent play outside of screen. I'm so happy to be here. If you want to get your hands on Kaylin's book, you can go to quietbookqueen.com. And the book is called Screens Away Time to Play. So we wanted to make sure that we gave you that info because we didn't discuss it in the interview. Well, yeah, because we recorded the episode early. And at that time, she was still working on the printing. Yeah, we didn't have that. So we wanted to make sure because I'm excited for this book. I really, my, my, my preschooler self is like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I love using books to teach kids stuff. It's fantastic. I'm going to get, I'm going to get this book for my sister oh, to read to my nephew yes. and like my sister-in-law too to read to my nephew because they both have four-year-olds. 
So I think it's a great, a great thing to start talking about the impact of screens and how they're not bad, but you really have to be aware of their power over you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I, I need to find more friends that have little kids. Most of my friends have kids that are high schoolers <laughs> or, or young adults. I'm, I need more. I need more people with babies in my life. You could just subvert my nephews. They're, there they're you go. like my little kids in my I'll life. I'll just start taking those those interactions over. Next time I see them at a party, I'll be like, come on over here. We need to play. Come on over. They're fun. They're fun, too. They're very hyper. And you're like, get down from there. You're going to kill yourself. But otherwise, they're real fun. I love that age group. That's just, yeah, that's, I give me, give me a five-year-old to play with all day long. Fifth graders, sixth graders, high schoolers, I don't get them. <laughs> I love them. I See, that's my age group. See, I find them fascinating because they're people. You and I. like Cool people. People when they're little too. They're just different people. They, like they have no vocabulary. <laughs> well, hey, that's a <laughs> teenager. No, a teenager is a toddler, but with better vocabulary. So better vocabulary. I don't. Yeah, I like the little kid. I'm just a little exhausted with them. It is I'm exhausting. Just, like, I mean, it is. To, to totally be frank, I find them a bit exhausting. I love being an auntie because I can play and then I'm like, oh, it's time for you to go home. Yeah. I love you. No. Nope. Well, you are. <laughs> and then my sister gets to be awesome. You are 100 percent right. Because I, I do think like some of it we talked about it in the episode, too, like how I'm like, it's exhausting 15 hours of dealing with the ABBA. <laughs> but but in my I own love kids, it. I didn't feel that way about so much. I didn't feel that way about them so much because they were like people to me because I knew them in and out. I don't know. It's just I, I'm fascinated with the the older kids. I think it's so, great when that's what makes us work. Right. I think it's great when you also can like identify what your what your your sweet spot is in terms of interactions, like what works best for you and your mindset. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed our episode and please share the No Guilt Mom podcast with your friends. We are a global movement to make more happy moms out there because you don't have to be giving 100% to your family all the time. You need something for you too. And listening to this podcast hopefully helps you do that. Yeah. So remember the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.